The show where we don't just talk about fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but show up ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And in this episode, we will be going to IHOP. <laughs> I wish we were. Wait, I'm going to get some pancakes out of this, right? <laughs> this would be a totally different episode. Wouldn't it be great if there were an episode of us just eating breakfast? We get so many requests. Can you guys ever <laughs> like investigate you? pancakes? What's up with those? <laughs> I hear that some people eat in the morning, but I don't believe it. Oh, wait. Oh, it wasn't IHOP. It was Pie Hop. Yeah, it was Pie Hop. Oh, we went to Pie. Which actually sounds even more delicious. <laughs> yeah, like there's pie involved. So this stands for the Pasadena. Pasadena International, which House. already seems a little contradictory. Yeah, interna- right, Pasadena, right Pasadena, Pasadena International. International. Well, it could be like a Pasadena International Airport, which yeah, does not exist. right. All right, that's the pie part. And then House of... Of Prayer. Prayer. What do they do there? It's a prophecy place. It's kind of like a church, but not like well, one I mean, I've... It is a church, but yeah, the service we went to... But not one special. I've ever seen before. Yeah. Well, it's in this beautiful building. I was surprised at how pretty it was. I've seen a lot of churches. Yeah, and the building was also unique Yeah, when it comes to church architecture. Yeah, so Pasadena is just a little bit over from us. It's uh, it's in L.A. County. Yeah, it's a little east of L.A. proper and north. And uh, it's a rich area, mm-hmm. pretty upscale. Right. And this strip is also, like I think, pretty upscale. Oh, yeah. And so it's in the storefront on a strip. That maybe used to be like a bookstore or something? Yeah, I felt that it would make a perfect bookstore. Yeah. And the lady we talked to there, she used the word a smorgasbord, said that it had been a variety of things. People had recommended Pie Hop to us, right? Oh, uh, well, Brian Thompson, our, our colleague and friend from Quit It, yes. who did our bonus episode yes. that donors should listen to, Yes. he told us about Pie Hop because it was in LA Weekly as like a fun thing to do in LA. And he mm-hmm. said, this is a thing Ross and Carrie should do. And we thought, okay, International House of Prayer. And we went to the website, and they said that they offer prophecies. Yeah. Well, that's what it had been advertising in LA Weekly, just Okay. To be clear. But okay. yeah. But they we were excited. It's not, not just any old, you know, Sunday service. Yeah. They do this all the time, like every day? Every weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I okay. Think. Personal prophecies. Sounded a little bit like Christian psychics to me when it was written out. Right. Like they're, they're giving you personalized messages from God. Right. That apply to you in your life. Right. And you singularly, not a group of you, but like you, Ross. Not like you all. Okay. Not like y'all. Y'all. Right. You went to the website. Yes. Carrie signed us up and gave us fake names because sounding something like a psychic reading, she thought they might just do some hot reading. Right, which is where you Google, usually, the person that you're going to do a reading for. You find out a little bit about them, get a head start on the old Some actual research, yeah. So you're not just using like the cold reading techniques of drawing from their bearing and their clothing. Uh, Instead, you actually have hard data on them. And as opposed also to actual psychic readings, which there could be as well. So what names did you give us? Well, I gave me Carrie King, which Mm -hmm. I've used before. And then you, I gave Ross Battle. Rhymes with paddle. Right, or saddle. But not battle. No. Battle. Not to be confused. But I wanted to uh, give you a B name so it would feel comfortable and familiar. Right, and we've learned that I at least need to have the first name Ross. Oh, yeah. Well, and me too. I don't think I can remember not to be Carrie either. So if they went to look us up, they would not find us. But then 
I was a dumb dumb. You, I, I used filled an out, email address that yeah, had your last name in it. It was one of those things where, like, I I filled it out once, and then I had to refill it out for some reason, and uh, then my computer was like, "I know your email address. Here you go." And that, I was like, "No, that's the real." Oh. That's how so they get you. If they looked at the email address, they would have known my last name was Poppy. I'm going to say right now they did not. They didn't, and I figured, okay, Poppy's also a flower. Maybe they'll think like she likes poppies. Uh, when you signed up. Yeah. There were dates. You had to choose a time. And so we'd picked... As things normally go. Sure. Well, you know, but for a church, like, I'm going to get a number and a time. Right, right, right. Pick which service we were going to get tickets for. So, yeah, exactly. It's like a ticketed service. That's interesting. So you'd sign... And oh my God. And I made the biggest deal. It was like, you have to have a name tag. We are not letting you in if you don't have a name tag. So that's part of why I thought, oh, we better give them fake names. I bet this whole name tag thing is just about getting your name. Right. Wrong. And so you signed us up for Saturday at 8 p.m. Yes. Okay. And I said, oh, we should get there at 745, probably. Right. Meet before. So we did. We did. And all along the street, because, you know, this is, again, this nice area, we went to park on the adjacent street, and there were all these signs saying, please, no pie hop parking. Right. Like, okay, where are you supposed to park? Yeah. I was running out of time, and I wanted to make sure we were there on time because it's important. And so I temporarily parked in front of a please no pie hop parking How dare you. sign. And so we walked down, and there's mm-hmm. like two entrances. So there's the main entrance where... To a sanctuary. Kind yeah, of to the sanctuary. Place. And it's all glass in front. So you mm-hmm. see inside, and yeah, it's this like beautiful kind of uh, two-story interior, like two very short stories, but two stories. Mm-hmm. Contemporary furniture. And contemporary people. Yeah. And so we talked to the bouncers out front. Yeah. not what they really were, but, you know, two guys were standing out front. They wanted to know who you were and if you had your number. And so they said, oh, no, you go to the, the next door down. So we walked to the next door down. There was like this other little store that had been converted into a pie hop as well. And so there was a very overworked lady who was trying to track all these different things and these people asking and everybody wants to get their prophecy done. And she was, I think, a little overwhelmed at that point. And so she said, OK, what time are you here for? Mm-hmm. 10 p.m.? And we're, and we're like, oh no! We signed eight. up for yeah, we signed up for the eight, which is in ten minutes. Oh, you you needed to be here at six thirty. And we were like, oh, to, to pick up your tickets. Well, that was a thing to tell us before now. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they did. Maybe we missed that. They must have said it on the website yeah, somewhere. Somewhere, but, but yeah, if you want to get your reading, mm-hmm. uh, if you will, at eight p.m., you better be there at six thirty. Well, not just at eight. It seems like. At 6.30, they start giving away any reservations if you haven't come and gotten your ticket. It's crazy. That's the impression I got. I'm so like, yeah, I got to like run out of work right away, get over there, get my yeah. ticket, and then do something then for an hour and a half. walk around, yeah. But yeah. yeah, anyway, so they're like, well, maybe we could squeeze you in for 9 o'clock. Maybe. You didn't think you could do it, so we started walking out. We were like, oh, darn it. But then we met this bouncer outside. Mm-hmm. Let's call him call. Shemp. Shemp. Sure. Okay. He said, oh, well, you know, don't leave, don't leave. Maybe I can help them squeeze you in at eight if you get your ticket for nine. And we're like, oh, right, let's go well, back. We'll give that a go. So the poor, you know, lady inside is already tearing her hair out. We're right. like, we're back. We're back. We have nine o'clock tickets, which now she's given out six more of. Right. So, so she's so, like, she's like okay. okay. All right, fine. Hold on just a second. Wait Hang there. On. And then she's like talking to all these other people. And okay, you get this ticket and you get to your 10 o'clock. And right. So then she gave us our, our, numbers and our name tags. So I got my Ross Battle W124. 
Wow, good memory. Okay. I don't know what number I was. You're probably like 125. So we get our tags and then they say, well, you can go next door into the sanctuary and wait to be called. Right. And yeah, sit in the rows assigned to you. There's like numbered rows Mm -hmm. and then we'll come and get you. And in the sanctuary, there's nice music, people singing, so go worship, and then we'll come get you. Mm -hmm. So we pass by Shemp again, Uh and we remind him, like, hey, we're going in. We have these tickets for nine. If you can get us in at eight, that would be great. He says, oh, I'll try, I'll try. So we go in, and we sit down, and there is lovely music being sung by some lovely ladies. Right. And this is, again, a very large building, but there's only 88 seats, like in this grid, Mm kind of toward the front, right next to the door, and all this empty space along the sides. Right. Right. Which and they explained it was partly because they weren't up to fire code yet. Yeah, they didn't yeah. have their sprinklers installed yet. Yeah. So that's why they said they had to be really diligent about making sure not too many people were in there at once. Right. Good on them. And there were people along the sides, like there was all this uh, furniture that they'd gotten, like it looked like kind of antique. Shabby chic. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of saying it. Furniture, so people would be kind of milling about there and leaning against pillows. And then in the back, there was a staircase behind the band uh, that went up to the second floor, which kind of came around on either side. It looked, I mean, kind of like, you know, the room of books in Beauty and the Beast, but without the books. (laughs) Right. That's funny. I was kind of thinking that as well. And that's why I thought this would make a great bookstore. Yeah. Because you walk up to that little upstairs area. And it's the kind of place where there is a random desk that has like three paintings on it and then... A $500 pen laying on a piece of paper so you can write a letter to God, but then a really old dusty chair next to it. Right. So with all this cheap furniture and the numbers that we had assigned, I felt like I was going to a Starbucks or something. Uh Uh-huh. How's that feel? Spiritual Starbucks. So we sat and listened to the music. Well, first we had to find our numbered seats, but yeah, then we... Yeah, yeah. So we were like in the third row. There were a lot of people in the five rows behind us. Yeah. There were three ladies up there, one on a... Yeah, it's like a... Keyboard? Yeah, digital keyboard. Uh And then two others on the side who were singing... Just yep. in the microphones. And they all have beautiful voices. There's sure. one in particular that I thought had just like a Wonderful gorgeous, singers. gorgeous voice. A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the, the woman at the keyboard would play the same three chords over and over uh-huh. for 50 minutes. Uh-huh. I got to give it to her. Like, I was tired <laughs> just looking at her. I, I think they were making it up as they went along. Oh, yeah. There was definitely this like improv element where, I mean, I think it was sort of in the spirit of the church because they believe that you can get these prophecies from God. You can get messages from him right then. Very extemporaneously from the Holy Spirit. You know, one of them would sing like, we thank you, Lord. You're so good to us and you get rid of all the chains. Lord, you remove the chains. And And then then they'd be like, we like that line. Let's sing it 28 times in a row. Lord, you remove the chains. Lord, you remove the chains. And they just sing it over and over and over again. My favorite parts were when 
you know, they'd start out with something that obviously did have established words and established harmonies. And then mm -hmm. like the last eight minutes would be <laughs> improvised. So my favorite parts would be songs that had a little bit of dialogue from God in them. So yeah. then they felt like they could sort of add to God's monologue. So at the end, they would be like, I really love you. I'm not just kidding. I'm not making this up. I'm really, I'm really in love with you. It's me, God. No, I'm serious. You right there in the third row. No, I really do love you. You in that cotton sweater. <laughs> okay, I don't think God's being this specific. <laughs> But and yet, like I found it so pleasant. Really? Yeah, I know you didn't as much. It's starting to grade on me after all. At one point, you were like, "Wow, well, let's do that for another hour or something." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and, and I was sort of affronted, frankly. <laughs> I was having a good time. I'm so I was sorry. like, "No, no, I'm kidding." <laughs> but you know, for people who don't know, like you and I both grew up in evangelical mm -hmm. backgrounds, and it's so easy for me to just slip into that mindset and just be like like a weight is lifted off me okay. and I can just trust God. And even though I don't believe those things anymore, it's just like I can go to that place mentally. I have a hard time physically sitting still for a long time. Sure. So, you know, usually I'm like leaning from one side and then shifting to the oh, other. Yeah, I do that so too. we spent a lot of time standing because they yeah. had us all stand up at one point. Right. And, and the lady had told us to stand up and left the room. Yeah. So no one was there to tell us to sit back down. Right. Yeah. She gave us a message about how our numbers might be called, but right. then she wandered off right. And so we're standing and I'm like swaying from side to side with the music and getting into it. And, you know, you close your eyes for a long time and a lot of people are lifting their hands up and worship. Right. I don't feel right doing that. Right. But then I remember finally, I kind of look around behind us because I want to get a feel for the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. I realized like we're the only ones standing except for like one other oh, person really? behind. So, I didn't even notice So that. eventually I waited. You, you finally sat down. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let's sit down. To your point, like kind of getting back into the feel of it, I remember then to kind of shift my weight again, I sort of leaned forwards and uh -huh. clasped As my hands together. Uh -huh. Right. And, and that really took me back, like, because I just, you know, remember so many hours of being kind of on a pew uh -huh. and, uh, you know, having my hands clasped in front of me and hearing that music and everything. So, yeah, that really took me back to the old church experience. And I did pray during that because I always feel like, you know, if I'm going to... This is a good time. Yeah. And to if I'm open consider, up the line of communication. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. going to consider this honestly, like, let's give it my best shot. So I'll always say, like, hey, I'm here. Like, if you have something to show me, awesome. That's funny. That's almost exactly what oh, I'll yeah. do, which is like, that. hey, my offer still stands. If you're out there, I want to know about it, you know, right. and I'm open to the evidence, uh, mm -hmm. but you know what I need kind of thing. So yeah, I, yeah. I was doing the same thing. Oh, cool. So at some point it becomes what? 9.45? Yeah. Yeah. We've been there a good hour and a half and we, we and go we, back. We finally realize, oh, okay. We've missed the eight o'clock service and the nine o'clock service for which we had tickets. Right. And so, I've okay. already changed my plans for the night. Right. And so, so we go back there and say, hey, you know, any updates? Uh, how are we right. doing? Oh, well, are you sitting in the right spot? They'll come for you, you know. Right. Oh. Like, right. Yeah. It's just that Shem's, okay. All right. And so we go back, and finally we're called. Yeah, finally a lady comes up to our row and kind of taps us on the shoulder, checks our numbers. Do you think this numbers. is kind of like the people who are waiting for the rapture? They're like, hey, I'm just checking on this. You said <laughs> someone was going to come get me. You said you were coming soon. I thought soon. I was sitting in the right place, but maybe I'm not. Just <laughs> confirming. That's like, no, no, they're coming. They're coming. <laughs> that's like a phrase I'll use on a regular basis. Someone will say, oh, yeah, I'll have that done soon. And I'll be like, Jesus soon or like soon, soon. <laughs> 
Uh, so we finally got to go back out the front door, and there's no sermon there in that main sanctuary. It's just the singing. Right. Yeah, that goes yeah. On. Well, I mean, I think there might be sermons at other times, but Maybe. for this service, yeah, we certainly didn't see any of that. Just the that night, yeah, the singing for we were there an hour and fifty minutes. Yep, waiting in that sanctuary. So we, finally, we get next door, and we should say this particular service is called the Well. Yeah, they they check our tags again. They're like, okay, well, you're the white tags. You sit over against this wall. Mm-hmm. Green tags, you sit over here. Apparently, mm-hmm. the green tags were people who had been there before, mm-hmm. so they wanted to prioritize newbies. And I have never before been asked so many times, "Are you white?" <laughs> you're right. Just <laughs> one, a weird question, and two, you'd think obvious. And then I was like, oh, oh, am I new? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> I sit against the wall. You went off uh, to the bathroom for a bit, and I was chatting with this guy next to me. And he was a really nice, outgoing guy who's asking me how many years I'd been with the Lord. And I said, oh, many years. But oh, okay. Talk about chronology there. Gotcha. We waited a bit longer, but this uh, this woman came in to sort of debrief us about what was to happen. She said, okay, now you're going to have uh, your prophecies given to you. And some of the people here are very experienced. They've been doing this for a long time. And, you, you know, you're going to probably hear things that really resonate with you and mm-hmm. hold on to those. Those are great. Some people are just getting used to this. You know, uh, we've got a mixture. So, you know, if something doesn't quite feel right right now, you know, just hold on to that and think yeah, about it think later. Think about it later and or th- let it go. And I'm thinking... Yep, psychic reading. That's yeah. what, that's exactly what this sounds sure. like. But okay. And so then they finally called us and we got up with another group of white sticker people, probably about like six of us. And so we walked to the back of this much narrower building and it went in uh, deeply. And mm-hmm. so we went past the kind of main entranceway and we'd see there were little partitions. Yeah, like those room dividers that fold. They're sort of a Japanese style. Right. It's a those. shared area, but there's mm-hmm. just this little dividing wall. And so there would be a group of three people that had an empty seat next to them. And so each person in turn would get um, put into one of those seats. But it's kind of weird, the juxtaposition of the very rich-seeming front area where it's like, oh, this church has money. And then in the back... The folding screens are like all tattered and they're sitting on these, you know, $12 folding chairs. Right. And it's kind of too warm. (laughs) Like it was just all like, whoa, just really a a shocking difference. It wouldn't have been a shocking scenario in any other case, but just the difference was weird. Yeah, yeah. It felt very cobbled together. But they led us back and there was a a group of three and that was going to be mine, but someone was just finishing up there. So they asked Mm. me to just kind of wait against the wall there. And they had you walk up the stairs. Yeah, they're like, just go behind this creepy door and walk up these stairs goodbye. <laughs> yeah, bye, Carrie. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so, so I guess yours started kind of right away. I, I just yeah. had to wait like a minute or two before I got to join my group. Okay, well, I went straight upstairs into this little loft kind of area that you know, you couldn't even stand up all the way in. Yeah, yeah. This really narrow staircase, really steep. Tiny. I mean, it was the kind of place that, like, if you were a kid, mm-hmm. like, you would want that so bad for oh, your, like, yes. hideout area. Yeah. So, yeah, I went up there. There were three women up there. And I said, hi, I'm Carrie. And, you know, my name tag says Carrie King. And they're like, hi, Carrie. And I sit down and they were like, we're just going to start. Heavenly Father. And they just start immediately praying 
and then prophesying to you. And it's kind of awkwardly not a conversation. Yeah. Like I didn't feel yeah. like I was supposed to respond. Oh, that was part of the debriefing, actually. The guy next to me, a uh, really nice guy, had asked, well, what if someone says something that really resonates? Do I kind of respond back? The woman was saying, you know what? Just let the prophecy come to you and no need to really respond. Mm-hmm. You can you know, you can get the most out of it. By, exactly. You know, just it's a limited amount of time. So yeah, just receive what they have to give you. Also, an important part that we haven't mentioned yet is that they have audio recorders. Right. So they are recording this and they said, we will send it. We will email you the audio later to your email address. Right, great. Sweet. That sounds amazing. Thanks. (laughs) So you're up there with them. They get right into it. Yep. And so the first woman, well, they all prayed. And then the first woman said that she saw me with a, a white blanket covering me. And then the woman next to her started nodding emphatically and smiling like, oh, yes, that's right. So she said that white blanket could symbolize a lot of things. God has me covered. Uh, You won't have to worry about the rent being due. You won't have to worry about your provisions. Just let those things go. God has you covered. Hmm. Okay. And then she said, or it could mean that you feel like exposed. You feel shameful. And God has those things covered. You don't need to worry about them. Oh, did she give that alternate explanation after you didn't show too much um maybe i was trying to well i had at some point said should i respond and they said no okay so i was kind of trying to be sort of pleasantly blank not give them puzzled looks or anything but just sort of nod and oh uh uh but nothing to like oh that's right you know (laughs) so yeah so god has me covered he's covering my exposure my shame and my rent and then, uh, <laughs> thanks God. And then she said, or the blanket might be safety and rest. Like, this is a time for you to rest. Don't pound the pavement. Don't spend all your time trying to get things done. This is God telling you this is a time to rest. Mm, okay. And then she said, I could be wrong, so get confirmation. But I would say that the enemy, and I assume by that she meant Satan. The enemy would pressure you to do a whole bunch of stuff, but God's saying, no, this is a time to relax. Come. Okay. And then she passed the microphone to the next woman sitting next to her. And that woman said, I just see God showering you with love. You know, I get this scripture was just about God just really, really loving you. (laughs) It seems a little little vague, a little like, Mm -hmm. I mean, supposedly the whole world that would apply to. Sure. But okay, but cool. And then she said, and it's funny that she mentioned about him drawing you to rest because I noticed God wants to draw you to rest as well. Hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Then the third woman said, well, I just immediately got snow white. I just felt God saying you are the most beautiful of all women. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, God slash little woman to the right. (laughs) Right. So little over the top, but um, but um, the other women are nodding. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's the most beautiful woman. And then she said, "This is a direct quote. I wrote this down." She said, um, "You're the most beautiful among women. He calls you the most beautiful of all." Wow. <laughs> so look at God in the mirror. Well. Who's the fairest of them all? And then he's like, "It's you." <laughs> Prius. So then she said that my eyes are on God at all times. God's really pleased with my devotion to him, which Mm. definitely didn't. Well, I guess it could be considered a hit in that, like, I'm always considering these things, but I haven't devoted Mm, myself in any sort of final way. I think think that's a miss. Yeah, I think so, too. But she said, my eyes are constantly on God. And then she said, oh, and we should look this up because I don't know. 
how much science this is grounded in, but I suspect very little. Okay. She said, you're like a dove. Doves can only... Doves can only see in one direction. They're the only bird like that. <laughs> You're giving me a look. Okay. And they only have one mate for life. If their mate dies, they'll never pick another one, which is a myth for a lot of animals. Sure. And so that's like you with God. Like you'll never pick someone who will- You'll never pick be, another God. Right. You'll never pick someone who will be more important to you than God. Okay. So I'm like a dove. My final message was a picture to one of the women of me playing with bunnies. This is just really silly. I I just saw you playing with little white baby bunnies. (laughs) And I felt like it was just, um, he's going to, you know, in your fun, in your playfulness, he's Mm going to multiply (laughs) things to you without your working, but just bunnies. Yeah. So I first thought like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. I've always been really into animals. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And, you know, I think more than other people. Like if someone that. said that about me, I'd be like, bunnies, what are right, you talking about? Right, But yeah. you, it makes sense. Like I, I worked in animal rights. So I kind of like perked up a little bit. And then she said, I don't know why she felt like she had to go, to back up on it. But she said, and maybe that just means he's going to multiply your playfulness. Well, that means a whole lot of things, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Multiply your playfulness. Multiply my playfulness. And then, uh, and then I left them and I swapped places with you. So what happened with you when you went up to the, to the ladies? Yeah, so after my, my first reading, I went up to that same room, up the very narrow staircase, and sat in the awkward chair that was hard to lean forward in. And the middle woman started with me as well. And there was this initial prayer, very, very short prayer compared to the, the one downstairs. And she was looking down into the side and looked very kind of concerned, like, Nothing is coming to me. Like there was, oh, uh-huh. there was this kind of moment. It took like maybe three seconds of that. And then she looked up and said. So they didn't think God thought you were pretty. They were like, God was like, this guy is not the fairest. None of like, them we said. We can't say that to him, God. They you give us some other fairy tale. There's nothing nice to say. I don't say anything <laughs> at all. They certainly did not call me beautiful. But she said, I see Christ reflected in your image. And already oh, I'm wow. thinking. Cool. Yeah, cool, but backwards? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Genesis 127 says you're built in the image of God. <laughs> right, and it's just like I've you know, never heard anyone kind of say that within the church. If anything, you're supposed to reflect right. God. But then she was saying that something recently crushed you. Oh, and, okay. And I see that it crushed him as well and that he really feels your emotions. Did you put your hand in a door recently? No. Oh, I think almost anybody can find something in their lives that would yeah. be a horrible thing. But, but I, crushed is like a pretty severe yeah, way to put it. I felt like that would immediately pop into my sure. head if there was something. And, and still, I can't think of anything that that would really apply to in any sense of the word recent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I miss. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really react to that. And so she just kind of kept talking about that and saying that, that Jesus is very empathetic towards me. Oh, and then, nice. sure, thanks. Then the, the second woman uh, to her left, she was saying that she was getting this feeling from Revelation 19. And there was a lot of that during the, the evening that references to scripture that, you know, maybe they'd hidden in their hearts or uh-huh. read recently. But she was saying she was seeing Revelation 19 and Jesus on the white horse. And I also see that you alongside of him, you know, like he's on the white horse and you're on the white horse. Oh, <laughs> that horse is going to get us way back. That's what happens when a horse carries too much weight. Wait, why am I heavy? 
Because you're on the horse together. No, 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 no. He is a white horse and I have another white horse. Oh, well, see, I interpret that differently. I picture God on the white horse. And me and like then you're like, you have him? your arms around his torso like the lady on the back of a, of a motorcycle. You should do these things. I think you're better <laughs> than they are. <laughs> and you're, you know, you're like holding on and you're waving. Yeah, oh, I got it. That's yeah, a great that's mental image. Sure. Oh, no, I think we're on separate horses <laughs> oh, here. Oh, fine. Uh, but Maybe I- it's like the footprints in the sand. And you're like, why are there only four horses' footprints? And he's <laughs> like, it was then that you were riding that horse and putting your arms around my waist. <laughs> Can I continue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I may not be the fairest of them all, but I have overcome and I'm victorious. Oh, wow. That's what she felt. And I, I'm feeling at this point that my name, Ross Battle, has come into this. Oh, Even though it's yeah, paddle yeah, rhymes yeah. with, or battle saddle. rhymes with saddle. <gasps> saddle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think that um, it's influenced them to be thinking in terms of warfare. So she's talking about him having the sword on his thigh, you know, as he does in Revelation there. Oh, right. And that, you know, this is a very powerful situation. So that that was the image that she was getting from me, that I'm victorious. Okay. Okay, great. And so then we shifted over to the the woman to the right, who is, you know, kind of a smaller, more feeble-voiced woman. Right, seemed a little less confident what she was doing. Right. Uh, Scrunching up her face a bit and saying, I just keep seeing, I keep coming to a battle I'm thinking of I'm thinking of David fighting against Goliath, and I see right. And she actually yeah. said the word. And it's like okay, yeah, guys, locked onto my last name there, I guess, uh, or I'm just victorious. And so she was saying, you know, I see uh, God using you like He did David and working through any situation to bring outcomes through you. Sure. Okay. Great. Cool. And so yeah, we went back to the lady in the middle and she was reasserting the battle thing and and me having been broken at some point, shattered was mm-hmm. the word she used. She could sense that there was real healing there, you yeah. know, that Jesus had given me. And uh yeah, that was the end of that. Okay, so the place that was just below the staircase. At the foot of that staircase was another group. Right. And another chair for you to sit in. This time with at least one gentleman. One gentleman and two ladies. And so this was the one that I stopped at first. Right. And the gentleman was our good friend, Shemp. So when I went down there and I just waved at you and I sat down and for whatever reason, I had like a big smile on my face. I was having a good time, whatever. And they were like, oh, Carrie, hi. And they immediately said, (laughs) Shemp said, oh, I just... I just sense God's joy in you. Uh-huh. I really felt like, oh, well, I'm smiling, you know. Sure. It just came from that. But I, but at the same time, like, that's fair, right? To pick yeah, up on you, that. Can, you can sense things with your eyes, too. Right, sure. He said, I just feel like shouts of joy coming from God. He's so pleased at how joyful you are. And, you know, joy is different from happiness. Happiness comes from our circumstances. But joy is something that you can kind of will to do. You can uh-huh. choose to be joyful. And um, and I thought that was probably like the best bit of wisdom I kind of got out of the night. I felt yeah. like that's true. Good yeah. advice. And he said that God wants to use me and will use me, that he knows I'll be willing to do it to bring joy to other people's lives. Nice. Yeah, very nice. You know, I I bet you know the story of Job. And one of the things about uh, Job is, you know, you know, pretty much everybody knows the story of Job. He went through a lot. That was a funny way to put Uh, that. But he, uh, but he was still able to have joy, you know. So he keeps talking about joy, and then he passed the microphone to this other woman, 
I love how like people talk about Job and they have not read Job. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He was like, my yeah, life is fucked. That's not I want to die. Not a fair representation please, of Job. Please kill me soon. A lot of people talk about Job. Miss, yeah. miss the point of Job. Okay, continue. Yeah. But so he gave the microphone to the other woman who also was like, yeah, I just see like a lot of joy. I have a word about um, God will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. And that's from Job 8.21. So he's, there's a lot of blessings that are coming down for you as a result of your obedience to him and his will and lining your will up to his will. And then she had just sort of a lot of really vague things to say that just I couldn't even... I mean, usually something will be vague enough that it gets a hit. Did she have her eyes closed so the whole vague. time? I think so. Yeah, she didn't with me. Oh, wait. Are you thinking of the woman in the middle? Yes. No, this was oh, the woman jumped. two over. Oh, okay, gotcha. The woman in the middle was did have her eyes closed, but was praying almost this whole time. Hmm. Okay. Um, so the woman standing, she said things that were so vague that I couldn't even think of what that meant. Like she said, I get spiritual freedom from you, like wild abandonment in the spiritual realm. Whoa, wait, what? I don't know what that means. Wild abandonment, spiritual Wild realm. abandonment in the spiritual realm. There were a few like phrases uttered that night that I feel I would have to go over maybe yeah. you know, 15 times to really get like what that could even mean. Right. That, that sounds like one of those. Yeah, I did not know what that meant. And then she said, and I, and I sense dancing. So if you haven't been dancing lately, get out your shoes. Hey, hey. okay. <laughs> All right. That's cool, nice. Cool, And finally, she gives the microphone to that woman in the middle who's been praying this whole time. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, it seems kind of like the woman you were describing upstairs, she took the microphone because it was like she knew it was her turn and she hadn't been saying anything for uh-huh. three or four minutes and knew she should. So she she kind of paused and looked around and then she just said, yeah, I'm getting joy too. Um, <laughs> I just get, I get the song Jingle Bells. Okay. You know, that's uh, a Christmas song. And so it's about God coming to earth and being born. It's about Jesus coming. And so maybe that's God telling me to tell you that he's coming to your life. And I'm like, wow, this is a stretch for Jingle Bells. Yeah. But okay. Um, <laughs> So then they closed with the prayer, and Shem remarked on my last name, too, because ah. he said, uh, thank you so much for Carrie, God, your daughter, Carrie King, who is a queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey. Okay, so that was the end of your reading then? Yep, that was my whole night. So what happened with you with that little group by the door? Yeah, so my first reading with them, they started out with a really nice prayer. It was Shamp, you know, saying, oh, Father God, you know, just be here tonight and speak through us, that kind of thing. And then he kind of stopped and he looked at me. He said, it's going to sound a little strange, but... Are you single? <laughs> he, he said, I'm getting a picture of pizza. <laughs> Wait, Pizza? <laughs> I didn't say anything. For our listeners who can't see you, you don't have an acne problem. I have uh, terrible skin, so maybe. Oh, uh, no, you don't? No. No. You have no idea what my skin does. It it does horrible things. I have awful, awful (laughs) skin. It'll like cystic acne. It's terrible. Oh, God. Um, Well, then maybe that is what he was picking up (laughs) on. Maybe. But it's not visible. Well, that's good. So I I didn't really respond, but my first thought was like, I just heard some statistic about pizza eating in the U.S. Sure. And how prevalent it was. Yeah, it's like the most common food possible. Right. Everybody loves pizza. And my son and I both love pizza. And the only reason we don't eat it like four nights a week is 
because my wife is there as a mitigating factor. Uh-huh. You know, to say, <laughs> all right, let's eat something else. Right. So, all right, you know, hit, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> okay, but did he say that you like and eat pizza or was it some sort of analogy? He was saying... I'm getting a picture of pizza. That's it. And and then, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm hungry. I'm out of here. And I just kind of sat there kind of open eyed like, wow, you just said that, you know, because <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, psychic saying, I sense you have like a scar on your knee. Right. You've thought about writing a book. Yeah. There, there's a box of pictures in your house mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you haven't organized. Does someone you know wear a necklace? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All of those things. Uh So I don't really respond. He says, yeah, it was a little weird when I saw the pizza, man. Maybe that'll uh, come back and resonate a little bit later on. But I just feel like God wants to serve you. You know, this is the time in your life where you just need to sit back and and enjoy all that God is giving you. Okay. That kind of thing. Cool, cool. Well, I would say that's a little bit of a hit for you. Like, this is a good time in your life professionally. Well, earlier that day, I had eaten pizza. What? I had two slices of pizza at my- Oh, you did not lead with this. My cousin's baby shower. This is burying the lead. Then the next day, I did indeed have pizza. We we went out to Pizza Rev in the morning to take my sister and her husband. And then the following day at work, they uh, had pizza like at God lunch. is laughing at you. And I ate six slices of pizza. So <laughs> hit. No wonder. It's you're a hit. You're made of pizza. I you're a walking slice Seriously of pizza. made of pizza. And every time I was joking with people about this, like God saw this coming. <laughs> me and pizza. And the in-between point, he'd kind of wanted to get a little bit of feedback from me and he'd been saying how, you know, like kids love pizza. And I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, both my son and I love pizza. He even more than I do. And so the woman in the middle, she immediately riffed on the whole son thing. She said, you know, I really feel uh-huh. like you and your family project the Holy Spirit to the world. Like people see you and especially I'm, I'm seeing you and your son. Uh-huh. You know, she had that uh-huh. to go on. Sure. And she... Yeah, had her eyes closed like the whole time. So she wasn't really looking at me. She's just talking through her closed eyes. So she was saying... The relationship that you guys have, um, the two of you as well as your family unit, is um, being observed by others who don't know him. And your light is shining through that. Like they're getting a slice of what life with Christ is like. Ups and downs, good, bad, and ugly. It's the testimony of Jesus on the earth. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay, that's nice, but miss. Right, you know, right. For any, anybody who knows me. And so then it transitions over to the third lady, and yeah, she's kind of standing up uh, over to my left. She's got her knees on this little swivel chair, and she's saying, I'm seeing one of those, you know, like the paint wheels, like where you, you put the paint in the middle and you spin it. Oh, yeah. It forms well, that radial thing. I'm okay. thinking, boy, I remember that from my childhood. And she's saying, that's how I see you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then she started to try to form this image, like the Spirit is surrounding us. And I'm, I'm still not oh. quite sure how it connected to the, the image of the paint wheel. Yeah, that's weird. But the idea of it was that the Holy Spirit is very happy with you. Great. Yeah, hey, okay. And she recalled Ephesians 1, 3 and said that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, that's nice. Wow. And then back to the... Everyone. And then, yeah, the lady in the middle then said that she was getting the verse, uh, let your light shine before men. And and she felt that I was doing that, that God was really using my life to to shine out to other people. That's nice. Yeah, all very nice. And that was the end of that. Yeah, those people definitely very much assumed that you and I were believers. Oh, yeah. 
which maybe most of the people who go into there are, but I would have thought there would be a fair amount of unbelievers. Right. And it was kind of surprising that or they Or people who that. just were very distant. And right. Maybe yeah. trying to find God. Yeah, I think you and I have a very like clean cut Christian look. I think so. I agree. I think either you or I could be confused for Christians. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, both your messages and mine were like really surprisingly like you got your shit together, man. Oh, it's yeah. It's cool. Yeah, there yeah. There's nothing like God wants you to do X or God is disappointed that you're not doing Y. So, uh, I mean, talk about your ego boost. Uh, yeah. You know, what was also funny is like, this was not a good night for me looks wise. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I'd had a long day. My, I mean, it's not like I looked bad or something, but like my hair was up and kind of disheveled. I had my big old glasses on. <laughs> They're like, it's just. I can see why gorgeous. people would love to come and experience this because yeah. you're getting this reading and it is so glowing and. Oh, yeah. And Encouraging, And I would love to compare to someone else, especially another yeah. woman, and see if they got a right. similar just like maybe God someone... is saying, you are gorgeous, and the uh, giving boxes downstairs. You know, somebody who's maybe dressed differently or looks differently, like, well, what would they say to them? Like, yeah. does everyone get these really glowing, stellar readings? Right. Uh, but yeah, it was very positive and encouraging and, and nice. One, a, a woman who survived the Tony Alamo cult, who you and I uh, had a phone conversation with, she said we needed to send someone in to Tony Alamo who was on the inside but mm-hmm. also looked like they were maybe homeless or had really low on their luck. Right. I'm thinking the same might work at Pi Hop. Yeah. So whichever of you fits that description and wants to be sent around to possibly <laughs> awkward situations, give us an email. Oh, yeah, and as you mentioned, there is an offering box downstairs. So they wanted you to fill out a survey. Uh-huh. So we did. We did. And I, I was generally fairly glowing on the survey uh-huh. saying, hey, yeah, this is a really nice positive experience. But they wanted to know things that didn't resonate so well. And uh-huh. I mentioned a few things that were kind of misses or yeah. didn't, didn't really speak to me. I did say in that, like, a lot of this made a lot of sense. I really liked the parts about, like, being joyful. A few things were mentioned about my devotion to God, which surprised me because I'm not a Christian. Oh, wow. You said that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I felt like that was I, honest and not biting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, You know, I didn't even go there. I just kind of said, yeah, yeah, this was really nice and positive. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, good for you. You know, I had kind of meant to leave like a, an actual donation, but I didn't. I forgot. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't have any cash, so I didn't. But yeah, they they didn't push on that not at, at all. all. There were just some no. boxes there. I really felt like this place was very sincere people and they were there to bilk people or yeah i think they not. really did just want to give a service they weren't charging for these tickets and clearly this thing was highly in demand yeah because everybody's jockeying for spaces and showing up early yeah waiting two hours to get their seat yeah so this is clearly filling a need but what was really funny is i was telling my wife about this and she turned around and told her mom who's a very evangelical christian and a, a minister in the assemblies of god church mm-hmm at first, when Kara kind of described this as Christian psychics, uh, immediately my mother-in-law was saying, oh, well, th- those aren't real Christians. But oh, uh-huh. but then Kara started to describe kind of what they were doing. And then her mom immediately changed tune and said, that's great. Yeah, I, I know those people. Like, that's the kind of group that originally brought me to Christ. Oh, okay. So apparently this isn't brand new because uh-huh. I'd never heard of anything like this before. Yeah, I'm not sure if I had before or not. I certainly thought it was more fringe than something I'd just find in Pasadena with tons of people going. Hmm. 
I think a lot of people hear prophecy mm-hmm. and they think telling the future. Right. And my Presbyterian minister, he often says, you know, that prophecy is about foretelling, not foretelling. Ooh, wow. Uh, right. Very pretty nice. good. Pretty good. So uh, God sharing his message with you. So I, I think this is the sense in which they meant prophecy. Uh, Yeah. But then, you know, there was that message to me about how like God was going to provide for my rent and whatnot. Like that's that's the future. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And certainly some prophecy would tap into the future or speak to right. the future. So yeah, that's true. I think it might just be one of those differences that sounds like a difference until you break it down. But just don't expect it necessarily to be all about the future. Right, yeah. She did say, say that thing also about how she could be wrong. But Ross, I want I want so much to hear your ratings, so much, but I just cannot bear to hear them until two things happen. Okay. Thing number one, we talk about our amazing test subject and guest from last Lindsay month. Pavlis? Lindsay Pavlis. For two, count them two reasons. Okay. Number one, she has an update for us. Yes. She had like a two-day headache after we <gasps> tried to heal her of her headache. Oh, we suck. <laughs> yeah, so we completely Do not failed. get Reiki least, from Carrie. Yeah, I, I suck. Maybe you undo my Reiki. <gasps> you have negative Reiki. Except I went first. You, oh shit. <laughs> 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 okay, fine. And thing number two, we somehow forgot to promote her podcast while she was on the show. So if you enjoyed Lindsay, and how could you not? How couldn't you? Then you should go listen to her show called Girlfriend Mode, which is a gaming show hosted by two ladies. Girlfriend Mode. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Check it out. I personally want to hear some promos from some of our favorite Maximum Fun shows. Oh, I think it's time we played one for oh, our listeners. Please, could you press play over there on that? Thank you. Click. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. I am Ricky Carmona. And we are the cast members, what, I don't know, podcastiness of Wham Bam Pal. That's an action and sci-fi movie podcast you can find on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. And what do we do? News reviews and things you can use. Tons of things you can use. We break it down so it can forever be broken. Hilarious jokes. Plus, sometimes there's a dog in the studio. Sometimes there's a dog here. We'll see you... In your earbuds! But Ross. Yes. Is it Ross? Ross Ross Battle. Battle. Got it. What would you give prophecy on a pseudoscience scale? Where Hmm. one is something, I mean, not at all pseudoscientific. It's completely scientific, right? Oh, okay, yeah. So, I don't know. Supported by observation and evidence. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That's a good way of putting it. What's the theory called where, like, um... Oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. But like, uh, like monkeys become Al Gore by sort of mm. morphing. Like monkeys eat some sort of oh, the trash one, out the of one, a nuclear waste plant and uh-huh. then they become Al Gore. Like it takes a while though, right? Yeah, it takes a while. You got to eat a lot of trash. Uh, it sounds like evolution. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Evolution. That's yes. number one. That's mm-hmm. proven that that happened. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's um, a one. And then 10 is something completely pseudoscientific. Uh, not at all scientific. So your, well, uh, I don't know. Your tongue is made of goat. Your, your whole body. Your whole body's made of goat sperm. On that scale, that's interesting because this prophecy thing doesn't feel like it's d- touching on science. Uh huh. Like, Feels outside the realm. Yeah. Uh, as much as I hate to invoke non-overlapping magisteria. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel that's a really valid idea. But in this case, you could still fully believe in uh, real scientific mm-hmm. 
medicine and understand the evolution of species and also want to hear these nice prophecies from people. I don't know. I, I feel like this might be linked to an unscientific attitude, but this activity in itself didn't feel like they were in any way denigrating science or talking mm -hmm. about it. There's obviously nothing scientific about it, mm -hmm. and it's not supported by science, but I don't feel like it had an anti-science bent or attitude. So I, I don't know how to rate it on that, like not applicable, mm -hmm. um, but I'm just going to say five middle of the road there. Yeah. Even though I see what you mean about them saying, if this doesn't apply to you, just let it go, that being a lot like going to a psychic. Ah. I think they were more upfront about it than most psychics are. Mm -hmm. I think there was more of just like, hey, I could be wrong. Because I think when you go to a psychic, they feel like, well, you're paying 40 bucks for this. I need to prove that I'm psychic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And with this, I felt like it was more like, hey, we're doing our best here. If we're not tapping into God, that could be the case. It could be a bad night for us. God could not be sending something. It could be me. Sorry about that. Let it go. I've, um, I've heard people say similar things about psychic abilities. Yeah. But usually they're not charging me money. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that was a little less of a claim that flies in the face of science just because the claim was weaker. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a psychic claim where you're like, no, I can definitely do this. But then, seems to fly in the Then again, of the attitude of science. holding on to the hits and denigrating or ignoring the misses, right. that's an unscientific approach. Right. It's your rating. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an unscientific approach when you're evaluating whether what you're looking at is true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But then taking the hits and ignoring the misses is also something that we do when we read a book. You remember the parts you like and then the parts that you don't like, maybe you say, oh, it doesn't work for me and you let it go. I think. Yeah, but those aren't okay. truth statements about how the right. world works. That's what I'm saying. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, what I'm saying is maybe they're thinking of it not as proving themselves. Mm -hmm. And I should give some credence to that. Okay. Anyway, long story short. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna give. I, I feel the same. I feel. I feel like it's an NA. Like it's mm -hmm. just. I if I gave it a rating, it would have to be right there in the middle. But what I'm really saying is the scale doesn't apply. Yeah. Well then, Carrie, what would you give this on a pocket drainer value? Where one is uh, something uh, not at all pocket draining, like you park on the side of the street, and you know it's a nice spot. There's a sign there, but, you know, it's a Sunday, so uh, no big deal. And you go and do something for a couple hours. You come back, and your car's there, and you drive away. Whereas 10 would be something incredibly pocket-draining. Like, you know, you park, but you miss, like, this one sign that was kind of, like, down the ways and obscured by a tree. And you come back to your car, and it's gone. And, like, you realize that it's been impounded, and there's also a ticket on the windshield, and you've got to pay $400 to get your car back, and you're really, really, really mad. I would give this a zero. Doesn't even register on the scale as pocket draining. In no way was I even asked for money. Yeah, we were only barely encouraged and reminded to give money, and I was going to, and I forgot. Uh -huh. And, yeah, the only thing that it takes is your time. Yep. Um and if time is money, well, then you can do your own equation. But yeah, I'm going to say zero or <laughs> right. one. One, I guess, okay. on the scale. Uh, what would you give this on a creepiness rating? Where, oh, yeah. <laughs> where one is something not at all creepy. Like uh, you go to the beach. You have a nice day with your family. Your son, Andrew, finds the four shells, brings them home puts them in a little shadow box, you put it up on the wall, and every day you say, wasn't that a beautiful day? That's lovely. And you write, Kara, that's your wife, you I'm write her name in the sand and draw a heart around it, and she takes a picture, and she cherishes that after your untimely death in 48 years. 
Wait, what side of the creepiness one? scale are we on? One. Okay. All right. Because <laughs> it, was, it was tinged with a little bit of uh, morbidity. <laughs> sure. And then a 10 is something super creepy, right? Like sure. uh, you drive up to the beach and you're going to have a lovely day with your family. Mm-hmm. Kara's in the seat next to you. Andrew's in the back. He's saying, are we there yet, Dad? You pull in. You pay the $10 to park in Santa Monica. You get out of the car and you look around and the entire beach is empty. And you say, that, that's weird. It's, it's a Sunday. It's spring yeah. in Los Angeles. And then you turn back to the car and you guys, you, you say, guys, isn't that guys? And your son and your wife are not there, but instead their clothes remain, but their bodies are missing. And you, and you say, Andrew, Kara, Andrew, Kara, and you turn back toward the waves and they are completely red as if with blood. <gasps> and the sky darkens and across the sky is written in red writing, why have you betrayed me, <sighs> Blotcher? That's... Ten. Seems like I should be on my white horse with Jesus at that point. <laughs> That's very apocalyptic. Okay, uh, on that scale, if they had been saying things that had like more like kind of foreboding to them, yeah, then this could have easily gotten creepy. Uh-huh. You know, these people getting these messages from God and telling them to you. But it was so like rosy and happy and shiny mm-hmm. and wonderful and victorious. Yeah, that I, beautiful. Yeah, that I have a hard time calling it creepy. Yeah, uh, you know, except for I guess walking up the stairs to that little room. Oh right, to sit in the lamplight with these three ladies, forth telling. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to work hard to make this creepy. I'm, I'm going to say it barely registers at a two. I was going to give it a zero until you reminded me about the stairs, which were a little weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a one. Okay. Uh, what about then on a danger rating? Where one is something uh, dangerous at all. You go out for a stroll in the park mm-hmm. and uh, do a lap around the, the walking path. All right. Whereas right. 10 is something very dangerous. Uh-huh. Like you, you go to the same park, but you see a beehive. Oh. And you're like, I'm oh going to God, eat- it's my girl. And you're like, I'm going to eat. Eat the beehive, and you just <laughs> you start biting it with your teeth, <laughs> and then you know what happens after that. Sure, that's a ten. Mouthful of honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, uh, zero. Okay, I don't think anything would ever happen to here. It might be the safest place in America. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. There's uh, no danger there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, one. One is the bottom of our scale. So. I like a zero. Okay. I'm introducing zeros. That's right. You heard it here, listeners. You've done it before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, we're, we're both saying it's the bottom of the danger value. Yeah. Yeah. You're in good old Pasadena. Yeah. No one's going to hurt you. Yeah. Go you're, ahead. Have fun. Yeah. And and as uh, a little out of the norm as these Christian beliefs might be, they're still just your nice average liberal Christians. Uh, yeah, definitely kind of friendly hippie Christians. Yeah. What would you say then, Carrie, is your favorite moment? Oh, by the way, I did go move my truck. Yeah, you did. They thanked me for it. Oh, did they? So I parked in a legitimate spot. Excellent. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was when 
the woman who was on the piano for all that time <laughs> was doing a monologue from God to us, the audience. And she said, I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> there's something about that that God, like, told me something, then thought I doubted it, then let me know he wasn't kidding, that that's, that was part <laughs> of what she received from him. I don't know. I just loved that. I'm not kidding. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite moment was the pizza. So, Ross, this might sound a little weird, man, but I just saw a picture of pizza, man. It, it was weird. It was just a slice of pizza, but I just feel like uh, it's your time to dine. Oh, right. Okay, so when you said that, I was like, there was pizza at it? I don't, I don't, I don't remember, remember eating pizza. They okay. certainly didn't give us any hot drinks. No, they didn't. So that should count against them for something. My oh, but you know what? That does remind me that I should have said, I should have said in our Reiki episode that my Reiki teacher did have hot drinks. I got oh. some tea. I got, actually got a free box of tea. So okay. you know what? Reiki gets a 10 on everything. We already liked her. The bad things. Okay. It gets a whatever, one or 10, depending on which one's good, Reiki gets. <laughs> it gets that. Yeah. For hot drinks. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's it for our show. Oh, no. How sad. Okay. Well, our producer's Ian Kramer. And our theme music's written by Brian Keith Dalton. You can find us on the web at MaximumFun.org. And I guess you could go to iTunes and look us up there and leave a review. And if you want to go to Facebook, uh, Facebook.com forward slash OnRack, you can see pictures of this and other shows. I suppose you might even like follow us on Twitter. If you want. Just whatever you want. Oh, Just no podcast. Do, do whatever you want. I it's don't fine. even care right I'm now. So I don't this even sh- care right now. The show is over. Mm. It's over for... I'm just kidding. It's coming back in a month. <laughs> and remember... Uh, I was just reminded of Isaiah uh, 1, verse um, 18. It says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, crimson, they shall become like wool. <clears throat> and him just that he calls you snow white. He calls you the one that's pure, the one that's that you set apart yourself for him. Yeah, and I'm just also reminded of Song of Solomon um, in chapter 1. It says, O most beautiful among women. So he calls you the one that's most beautiful of all just him the lord speaking behold you are beautiful my love behold you are beautiful your eyes are like doves and him just recognizing saying look at this you are beautiful and your eyes your focus your attention is set on me like the dove only ha- can only see in one direction at one time it's the only bird that has that and they're the only or they only have one mate and once their mate dies they don't have another one ever again and just the singular devotion that you have for him hi everyone carrie here We have a note about the episode you just heard. You see, this episode is about Christian prophecy, and particularly prophecy that Ross and I received at the Pasadena International House of Prayer, or PIHOP. This fantastic investigation was recommended to us, and we jumped on the opportunity, thinking that PIHOP was unique, it was one of a kind. 
we had no idea that it actually is associated with an entire denomination called the International House of Prayer, although that's pretty obvious now. As it turns out, the International House of Prayer, or IHOP as they call themselves, is actually a pretty controversial sect. Other Christian groups have labeled IHOP a cult, and former members have alleged some pretty shady goings-on, which we'll let you look up yourselves. But we didn't know all that when we recorded this episode, which is why it's a pretty lighthearted look at our trip to just one of their events. Now that you've heard our episode, we encourage you to look into IHOP, the sect, and the pancake chain, and draw your own conclusions. Oh, and IHOP, the pancake-based restaurant, did sue them for trademark dilution and infringement, but that was settled out of court. Until next time, I'm Ross Blotcher, saying thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Jesse Thorne from MaximumFun.org. Last year, we got together with some of our favorite comedians and musicians and put them on a boat. It was a huge success, and we had such a great time, we decided to do it again this summer. The second annual Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival sets sail on July 25th, though technically there are no sails. Comedians will include W. Kamau Bell, Karen Kilgariff, Greg Barrett, Moshe Kasher, Kyle Kinane, Natasha Legero, and more... Our music night is hosted by the great John Roderick of The Long Winters, and you can check out Gene Gray and others. To learn more about the Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival and to book your passage, visit boatparty.biz. The Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival. Comedy. Music. Shuffleboard. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.